Hello, dear friends. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and I pray that you will have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving from our shrinking little family to your family today. Uh, we used to have a house full for Thanksgiving, but as we age, uh, those that came that were our aged relatives are now <laughs> sharing Thanksgiving with their relatives in heaven that knew Christ as their Savior. And I'm so thankful today to be a Christian. I'm thankful to know that Thanksgiving is not a, a just a national holiday, uh, that that it is an everyday occurrence in, and should be an everyday occurrence in the life of every child of God. Uh, if, if, for all that he's blessed us with materially, of course, but way beyond any material blessing, which is only temporal, just like our bodies and our lifespan here. Ah, oh, but for the eternal blessing of forgiveness of sin and salvation, the promise of heaven, hallelujah, forever, age without end, the, the escaping of the wrath to come, uh, the damnation of hell, all of those things that, that, that we would have to experience had it not been for God loving the world, the fallen world, and all the sinners in it, like you and me, to send a Savior to offer us the opportunity of salvation. Oh, friend of mine, I'm so grateful that I finally surrendered. <laughs> oh, I wasn't that old when I surrendered. Oh, but I was that cold and indifferent and had drifted so far from the faith I was raised in. Oh, but when I came to know Jesus in a full-blown salvation experience, oh, friend, I've never got away from that. I don't want to get away from it. I want to get deeper into my I walk with God and my hope in Christ today. How about you? All right, we're titling this teaching. Actually, it's a, a core part of the teaching that we had on Sunday morning in our live church service here in Tampa. I want to bring you the core of that message for a little while uh, to set the tone for this Thanksgiving day. Psalm 100. <laughs> and uh, by the way, this psalm is the only psalm I understand in all of the psalms that has the heading a psalm of thanksgiving so it, I don't think you could find a psalm to read more appropriate than this for this this day that we're we as Christians are going to celebrate beyond the day. Amen. We're going to celebrate every single day. I love the way David celebrated every day. King David, he said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And that's how this psalm starts. It says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Psalm 101, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness, come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. There's something to be grateful for. Oh, beyond grateful. This, this is something to be absolutely so very thankful for today. That we as His covenant children, even as they were covenant children because of the covenant with Abraham, we are covenant children because of the blood covenant 
of Jesus Christ, our Sovereign, our Savior. We are His people. He speaks of us possessively, and we can speak of Him as our Heavenly Father now. And we are the sheep of His pasture. The Lord is our shepherd, not just David's shepherd in the Old Covenant. Well, here's the response to that great, wonderful privilege we have. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. That's the attitude uh, that unlocks the gateway to the presence of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. And here's the activity that causes us to progress toward His very presence and enter His courts with praise. Hallelujah. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. Hallelujah. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. We've already read when we get to that point, back up in verse 2, come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the, the outworking of this attitude of praise as we open our mouths and offer as priest unto God, the calves of our lips, praises and thanksgiving unto him. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. You know, the scripture teaches us that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will abide forever and those that do the will of God will will live eternal as eternally as his word is hallelujah so the first principle that i want to bring out of this psalm today is to worship god with exuberance to worship god with exuberance make a joyful noise unto the lord King James says to to make a or the new King James make a joyful shout and the new living testament paraphrase says shout with joy and this word exuberance the reason I chose it as a heading uh, for this part of teaching is because it means filled with or characterized by lively energy and excitement now, that is not the average church service today. Uh, and you may be sitting in an audience, and you may list, be looking at and listening to uh, and clapping your hands for a lively praise team or choir that is really involved. I've seen choirs that sung songs that ought to cause some kind of emotion of gladness or joy, but it just, they, they were too concerned about watching the choir master or leader and hitting the right note uh, than really, really just letting go and worshiping God from the heart. So without emotion in it, and it's not emotional I'm trying to solicit here. I'm saying we need devotion in our heart while we are singing songs of the Lord and to the Lord. It needs to be a joyful noise. Praise God. You may not be able to hit that high C, and it may just be a noise. But if it's a joyful noise, God doesn't even care. What he cares about deeply is the attitude of our heart today. Lively energy and excitement is not descriptive of the church. 
of the frozen chosen. And it's not even descriptive of that boy, you should hear their choir, or boy, you should hear their praise team. Well, I don't go to church to listen to the choir and listen to the praise team. I go to church to worship God, and listening to others worship God, or watching them worship or not worship. I am not participating in that worship. God doesn't perceive it as worship for me to sit idly in a worship and not participate personally in that worship. Amen. He doesn't perceive it as worship and, and, and he will not receive it as worship. For true worshipers, Jesus taught, will worship God in spirit and in truth. For God seeketh such to worship him. David said about this attitude of worship, this making a joyful noise when we express it. David said in Psalm 103 in verse 1, he was so filled with gratitude and he worships God with this joyful, exuberant praise. Bless the Lord and all the, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Praise God. David worshipped God with all and with everything. And he dances before the Lord in 2 Samuel 6.14. He dances before the Lord. 2 Samuel 6.14 tells how he danced. We already see that he's worshipping God and blessing God with all that is within him. And David, would you call that exuberance? Let me define that again. Lively energy and excitement is hallelujah, characterized by lively energy and excitement. He dances before the Lord with all his might. 2 Samuel 6.14 And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was girded with a linen ephod. Very important part of the scripture here. He he certainly cast off his kingly garments in order to celebrate the ark that was lost in battle, held captive by the Philistines that God himself set free and now has brought through a series of events back to its rightful place to be placed behind the veil in the temple at Jerusalem, the city of David. Amen. And David says, I'm going to thank God exuberantly and he danced before the lord but and he wasn't where he wasn't indecent as far as nakedness he had an undergarment he probably had to pull that up and tuck it in his belt you could probably see his knees and calves in spite of everything but in order to dance this way you can't have a lot of garb on you have to get free i'm going to tell you in order to worship god exuberantly in order to make a joyful uh, noise unto the Lord. (laughs) You're going to have to get free too. Praise God. And God wants us to have freedom in worship, not to just become emotional people, but to to not be uh, disconnected from the whole process of worship by watching a sometimes disconnected choir sing while we sit disconnected in the audience and we think we have worshiped God. That is not worship, this non 
participating uh, situation that many worship services so-called represent. It's not represented of the joy of our salvation and the joy of serving our God and the joy of knowing our God. So David had this on, but the upper garment he was wearing wasn't anything to do with being a king. The ephod was the priest's upper garment. You see, he put off his kingly garments and put on the garment of a priest to offer up the sacrifice of praise. This become a spiritual thing. The emotional dance, the emoting of such gladness was a good thing. But he said, I'm going beyond that. I want this to be an offering of gratitude to God. I'm not just wanting to express my emotion of joy for having his, his, the ark back, which meant his promise to take care of us and provide for us and protect us back. And to and to forgive our sins, uh, listen, he said, I want this to be a spiritual sacrifice. I'm going to praise him as a priest. And this dance is before the Lord. It's not for people. It's not for the dignitaries of the king's court. It is for God and God alone. The holy incense of extreme gratitude to God. A very sweet smelling savor to God. This was not charismatic craziness nor Pentecostal emotionalism as we are charged with many times. This was a deliberate act of thankful praise, a priestly offering unto God. In Revelation 1 verse 5 and 6, we find these words, Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. Now I'm going to read that again after making a statement to you today. A pastor uh, asked his church, based on this scripture, a new covenant scripture concerning new covenant believers. And he said unto them, to his congregation, how many priests do we have here today? Well, this is a Protestant church. There were no Catholic priests or no Episcopal priests there, although that's a you know, Catholic light, I guess you, no, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't take that, please. I, I, I pull that one back. <laughs> Amen. You have priests too, but that doesn't mean you're Catholic. You are definitely Protestant. But there was no Episcopal priest there and certainly no Catholic priest there, although both are very welcome to our services in any good, loving, uh, Protestant or, or denomination. But friend of mine, no one raised their hand. There was no priest in the audience as far as all those Christians in his church were concerned. And he reminded them that every child of God that's been born again, every true believer in that audience is a priest unto God. Kings rule and priests serve. And here in Revelation 1, 5 and 6, 
unto him. And then he quoted this. And I'm going to tell you, it's going, you have to chew on this. You can't just swallow it. You're going to have to take a hold of this and let it get a hold of you. You're going to have to chew it up good. I think they say we should, we should masticate our food. We should chew it, uh, maybe a dozen times before even thinking about swallowing it to give our, our stomach a little easier job digesting. We, I, I, when I'm really hungry, uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, through the teeth and over the tongue, look out stomach, here it comes. Well, a friend of mine, when you get in the Word of God, you can't just rush through it. I have to remind myself to pull the throttle back, to slow it down, and and get in the Word and 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 meditate on it. Now, to me, true spiritual meditating on the Word uh, it is like mastication. It's like chewing your food enough that you can truly digest it or digest it easily. You can't digest this just by reading over it. You have to realize that unto, we have been made unto God kings and priests. Kings to rule, which means sin doesn't reign in me, and I am a, I have enough biblical, spiritual authorization, authority, and help from God that sin will not reign in us. Sin will not rule any longer because we are now ruling over our flesh. Amen. And we are priests unto God. Priests serve. And one of the things they did was offer incense unto the Lord. They they burned the incense outside that veil, and the fragrance of it went up under and inside and permeated the presence of God behind the veil. And it was made in a particular formula that God would receive it. It was exclusive for God. And so is true Thanksgiving-based worship and praise. Hallelujah. Since we are kings and priests, we should take our cue from David and offer priestly praise unto God. David wearing this ephod, E-P-H-O-D, this priestly upper garment, he put it on because he was going to offer that incense of worship unto God. He called for the ephod on another occasion. And as our time is running, uh, really, really, uh, gonna run out here pretty quick. <laughs> Amen. He, he, he said, he said at Ziklag, where they were out on maneuvers and an enemy came and not only stole all their goods from their camp, but stole their wives, stole their parents, stole their children, stole uh, their relatives, their friends. They took all the people to enslave and all of the stuff. And they came back to a camp that had been pilfered and the people they loved with their all their heart were out really trying to protect, seeing if there was an enemy anywhere, uh, but leaving no protection at the camp. And the people with David, they spoke of stoning David. And David said, what am I to do? And it said he encouraged himself in the Lord. And what came to his mind was very clear. He said, bring me hither the ephod. He asked for that priestly garment. He was not a priest, per se. But he was going to do 
a priestly work of intercession for this terrible crisis. And he put on the upper garment of the priest and prayed unto God, What shall we pursue them or not? And the Lord answered his intercession and said unto David, Pursue, for thou shalt without fail recover all. Friend of mine, I don't know if the devil's ever defrauded you of anything, stolen anything. I'm convinced he has, because the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give us life, to give it to us more abundantly. Hallelujah. Well, dear friend, I want you to know today there I don't I, I don't have the upper garment of a priest physically. Uh, I am not a priest, I'm a preacher. But I am a priest when I worship God. I am a priest when I seek Him in intercession, when I pray for someone or something. And spiritually, I and you are putting on this ephod. We are spiritually qualified to pray as a priest and to worship as a priest. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why First Peter 2.9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. And First Peter 2, 5, backing up, says, Ye are lively stones, speaking to us as Christians, all of this, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's some so-called worship services God doesn't accept as worship because he doesn't perceive it as worship because there's no priestly part of that. There's no spiritual part of that that is coming from our heart. It's a physical thing without a spiritual attachment. Actually, there's a detachment from maybe our spirit of complaining and, and, and our spirit of murmuring and our spirit of, of, of unforgiveness and our spirit of, of fear and our spirit of doubt and our spirit of unbelief. He wants to change that. He wants us to change that. He wants us to spiritually put on those priestly garments because we have been made past tense, already done and over with through the cross. And what it's accomplished unto him, Jesus Christ, that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. If you're a blood-washed child of God, he has made you and I and made us kings and priests unto God. So this joyful noise, this exuberant praise, this spiritual sacrifice is not dignified because it's not to honor man nor receive honor from man. It is exclusively for God to bless him for his blessings. And that's what David did. And that's why his wife, understandably, I believe, but she should have listened when he told her what he told her. She she said, you were undignified. You should not have done that. I'm ashamed of you, literally. And he said, listen, this wasn't for you, basically. I'm paraphrasing here. This was for God. This is not for show for people. This was something I'm offering to God. Remember, he had on the upper garment of a priest. He wasn't just 
showing personal emotional gladness, which is great. He was worshiping God in the dance. And the Bible said we can praise him uh, with the dance, literally. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Friend of mine, today, if you don't physically dance before the Lord, you most certainly can spiritually dance before the Lord with joy and gladness. Praise God. This is such an important issue today to all of us. Let's go back to Ziklag. They spoke of stoning him to death. They blamed him as the leader for leading them out and not adequately leaving enough people to defend the camp. And now everything they loved, and not just the stuff, that's way down the line, but all of the people they had taken to enslave or sell as slaves, all of their children, their wives, if they still had their parents, grandparents, they're all gone. They don't even know which way they went, and there's no evident track to track them. But David called for the ephod. As a spiritual priest, we can offer acceptable sacrifices unto God. We can worship Him in spirit and in truth, for He seeks such to worship Him. And we can intercede as a priest who offered up those sacrifices and intercession for the people that the judgment of God not fall upon them. We can put on a spiritual ephod the knowledge and understanding of who we are in Christ, and who He has made us unto God. I've got all my spiritual ephod. It's transforming my prayer life. It's been here in the Word, and we're kind of we're kind of mining for these nuggets today that will help us to pray and praise effectively in these last days. To find through praise and worship a personal experience of of God's presence and reality, and through intercession, seeing mighty movings and interventions of God as we, as highly qualified worshipers and interceders, as we put on that vestige of the priest spiritually and with our understanding. I prayed for someone the other day, well, actually it was after that church service, and and I said, "I I have on the ephod spiritually, and I'm praying for you as a priest, and I know God is hearing and responding. Praise God. It's lifting my faith level. How about you today? It's an incentive and an encouragement to pray and to utilize the authority delegated to us. As kings, kings operate in authority. Kings represent authority. Amen. And Jesus said, Behold, I give you power and authority, therefore, over all of the power of the enemy. We should rule as priests, rule as kings, and we should serve as priests today. Hallelujah. This is lifting me up. I pray it's lifting you up this Thanksgiving. Now, I'm going to do like a lot of people on Thanksgiving Day. A feast is not a bad thing as long as we don't overdo it. I'm going to work at it. I used to tell people just before Thanksgiving, just gobble till you wobble. (laughs) Amen. I I believe enjoying the blessings of the Lord, a, a wonderful meal. If you have family around you, enjoy them. I can tell 
tell you right now as I age, and most of my family is in heaven with the Lord, in my home, it's going to be me, it's going to be my wife, and it's going to be my son, my youngest son. The three of us is my family. This is the gathering. And I wish all of the others that used to gather and we used to gather with were all together. And friend of mine, there's a gathering coming. The Bible speaks of the coming of the Lord and our gathering together unto Him. And hallelujah, when we gather unto Him, we're going to gather with all of our saved loved ones who have preceded us to heaven. I'm looking forward to that day, to that gathering. I can't wait to see Jesus, and I can't wait to see my daddy, my mama. I led my mother to the Lord. I led my grandpa on my mother's side, my grandma on my mother's side to Christ, led my uncle on my mother's side to Jesus Christ to know them as their Savior. Praise God. And I'm still trying to lead uh, distant, distant cousins to the Lord and, and brother and sister-in-law to the Lord. And I pray the seeds that are sown, someone will water it, for we don't have close relationship or fellowship. People are very distant. And today I want you to know that God loves you so much that He gave His only begotten Son so that you could repent of your sin and be wonderfully forgiven and pardoned. You could be saved. You could be sealed with the Holy Spirit and thereby marked as belonging to God. When Jesus comes, He's coming for His own those who have watched, those who have waited, those who have kept the faith in spite of all the pressure to compromise in these last days. When Jesus comes, He's coming to take home those who are saved and sealed, to deliver us from the wrath to come. For we are not appointed unto wrath, but to obtain salvation. Through Jesus Christ. Friend today. If you are a Christian. You are a priest. You are a king unto God. You have kingly authority. And priestly privilege. With God. That means you can pray. And you can reign in life. By taking authority. Over your own flesh. And over your enemy the devil. And we can walk in a victory that maybe we haven't never yet known or dreamed that we could because we spiritually put on the ephod and we spiritually reign and serve our great Savior and our great Sovereign. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, thank who you're going to thank, really, if you don't believe in God, who, who, who are you going to thank? Is, is there someone that you can show gratitude to for His blessings in your life? Oh, friend, but if you will come to Jesus today, the first thing that's going to happen as you repent of your sin and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, your sins are going to be forgiven simultaneously he's going to seal you with the Holy Spirit (laughs) amen so that when he comes you are already marked 
you are branded. You belong to Him. So begin, and then you will begin to worship Him from the heart and praise Him. And it will be transformed as a spiritual sacrifice. Amen. And God will bless you. And God will keep you. And God will take you home to live with Him forever. And if you had a godly mother, godly family member, you'll be reunited to live with God, with Christ, and with them throughout all eternity. Come to Jesus and be thankful.